Well, hey, everybody, it is time for weekday chat, and we're going to talk about jealousy, what it is, how to escape it, and how to live a life of contentment and purpose and peace. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you in your journey with Christ. Today's podcast comes from our midweek social media broadcast called Weekday Chat. You can tune in live with us on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, Steve, you preached a great message uh, on Sunday from John chapter 3. You talked about the, the example of John the Baptist, who's Jesus' cousin. And in this particular scene, we see John the Baptist and his disciples are baptizing some people. And then they hear that Jesus' disciples are also baptizing some people. And so there's a little bit of a competition mentality yes. being breeded there. And they're, they're asking John about it. And they said, hey, look, everybody's going over to this Jesus yeah. guy. And John replies, he uses the analogy of a wedding. He said, look, guys, it's like a wedding. I'm just the best man. It, it ain't about the best man at a wedding. He's the bridegroom. It's, it's all about him. And then John just utters this classic statement that I love. He says, he must increase and I must decrease. And so, Steve, you challenged us uh, this week to find our identity so firmly rooted yeah. in Jesus that we know who we are in relation to him. Right. And that makes us so secure that we don't have to react to other people in, yeah. out, out of jealousy right. and following John the Baptist's example there. Exactly. Um, and I was, I was deeply challenged by it, and I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but I got to know right off the bat, what makes you jealous? Wow, that's not fair. I didn't know you were going <laughs> to ask me that. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm impressed by anybody who can say, you know, that's not my issue. Hmm. It has been my issue. You know, I, not as, not as much now as it was in earlier days, but it's easy. If you don't guard your heart, it is easy, especially, you know, that we, we live in a time when everybody's successes are more uh, just, uh, you're just aware of them. They're on Facebook. We've called we've called Facebook or Instagram people's highlight reels of yeah. life, you know. And the more we're exposed, if we're not guard, we don't guard our hearts, you know, we do get jealous. So it's an intimidating time to be a preacher at a church because people can hear the best sermons in the world, and they can, and there are preachers who write books and go to seminars, and you can look at that and say, "Man, why can't I do all that? Why can't I accomplish all that? Mm-hmm. Or why does that? Why doesn't our church grow faster mm-hmm. like that one that's a little while away?" And those thoughts creep into my mind, and I it used to be that that really troubled me, and I didn't want to call it jealousy. You know, but I think deep down there was an element of that. Yeah. And I had I had to crucify that. Yeah. And so now I you know, it I don't I genuinely don't think that's an issue in my life. Mm-hmm. That's that's not to say it hasn't been. It has been for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you? What what makes you jealous? Oh, you, Steve. Everything about you makes. Uh, no, I I want to just test, say something real quick too. That we have a unique arrangement where we are splitting the pulpit fifty yes. fifty, and that's been such a blessing to come to yes. a place where I get to serve under a man who has no ego and willingly gives up power. And I'm thankful that there's not a jealousy thing well, between us. But well, thank you. I, I'm very jealous of you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, no. I want to say is 
don't say I don't have an ego. I do have an ego problem. I just have to keep it in check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I see it start to rise up, I got to I got to get rid of that, you know, because it has no place. For sure. But I feel the same way. Yeah, and I, I found for myself, uh, jealousy is something I struggle with too. And for me, most of the time, jealousy comes out of insecurity. You yes, know, it comes exactly. out of some feeling of self-doubt, like I don't measure up. And so I had this one friend that I'm still really, really close with. but And I was a high achiever in school and in sure. life, but he was always two steps ahead of me. Yeah. So I, I did a lot, but he was always one step ahead of me. And so I looked at myself and compared myself to him, and it was hard to find joy or satisfaction. And, of course, if we find joy or satisfaction in what we have or what we do, we're never going to get there, right? You have to find your satisfaction in Christ. Yeah. And and I still honestly I have more like fleshly jealousy that is hard to. I get jealous of people who have like awesome yards, you know, and a lot of space at their house and material things too. So it's something I continually have to crucify it. Victor was uh, my guy. Victor. Victor yeah, fourth go. grade. Nice. He'd get done with his test and slam his pencil uh, to let me know. I hated those kids. Ticked me off. <laughs> Okay, so since clearly you know what broken and fleshly uh, people your preachers are, what do we what do we do about this? How do you fight it? How do you crucify it? Like you said, just like we have other spiritual disciplines, I think we have to we have to have spiritual disciplines when it comes to jealousy. For mm-hmm. instance, if someone else succeeds, I have to commend them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to encourage them. I have to thank them for their success. Celebrating with you, send them a text. You know, pray for them. Like I gave that illustration, F.B. Meyer and Spurgeon mm-hmm. the other day. You have you have to purposely. And what happens is the heart follows. Yeah. You don't you don't wait for your heart to get in shape. You do what a godly person does. Yeah. And then you trust your heart follows you, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's. And it is a discipline, I think. You you have to speak. You have to learn to speak well. Mm -hmm. You have to assume the best of anybody's success on why they're successful. Yeah. Uh, Because our speech patterns... They they reveal and they also can shape our hearts as well. That's so true. That's a common narrative in our culture that we really need to combat is that, you know, Jesus never says, follow your heart. He says, follow me. Exactly. And so we let our actions and our beliefs follow Jesus and our hearts will tag along behind. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I found that to be so true. Those two th- key things you hit on in rejoicing with those who rejoice and in praying for your competitors. And that's something my wife has challenged me in and my issues with jealousy is learning to genuinely grieve with people who are grieving rather than saying, Hi, you got yours, you know. I remember visiting Uh, this uh, this, uh, couple years ago, and there was this televangelist who, to me, was such a fraud. (laughs) And so when I went to their house, I said, well, how did you come to Christ? And he was the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you got to be joking. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't get a, got a Jesus by him. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm thinking. And then later I thought, shame on me. Yeah. And I remembered Paul's words where he, where he says, uh, uh, he was talking about uh, uh, preachers who preach from false motives. Mm-hmm. And he said, false motives or not, you know, at least Christ is preached. Yes. And I have come back to that over and over again. But it's so easy to judge a church on their methodology or their motives. Mm-hmm. That's not our business, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it, we want Christ to be proclaimed, and that's what we care about the most. Yeah. That's something that Rebecca and I have seen a lot um, better than we do it, but they're, they're, we've been surrounded by people who rejoice when we're rejoicing and mourn when we're mourning yeah. and are praying for us. We have a there's a dear friend, a family member of ours, who's kind of had kids at the same time that we have. And by God's grace, we've not had any trouble like getting pregnant or having children or anything like that. It's been a great blessing in our lives. And I know there's many people, and I'm sure many of you, who have not had that same story. Right. And this family member of ours has had kids uh, similar at similar times than us. They had their first and then their second. And 
and and now they're third. But it's been an incredibly difficult process for them. They have had lots of trials and okay. tribulations, and they have yeah. begged God for four four children and have been through so many things. And yet, even as we're going through that journey side by side, and it would be so easy for them to be jealous or to distance themselves from us. This girl, her name is Emily. She has had intense joy on our behalf, and she's so genuinely happy for us when we're sharing our news. And that has been so humbling for us to see this woman who is rejoicing as we're rejoicing. Uh, and we've learned a lot about the heart of Christ from her. That's beautiful. I, I know a couple, too, and I've talked to him about it. They never had children. Now, he's, they're older now. They're close to my age. But they, he said, you know, in retrospect, because we couldn't have our own, God put so many children in our lives mm. of dear friends. I feel like I have more kids than I ever would have had, you know, if I'd focused just on biological ones. Yeah. What a great spirit. Oh, it is. And and we're like you said, we're living in a world that it's really hard to cultivate this, where yeah. you see everything on social media and we can compare all our stats and compare our vacations and compare our meals and we can yeah. compare our houses. And, and we're just living in this comparison world and comparison C- kills contentment. It just does. They, those two things cannot coexist. Yes. So you talked about that John the Baptist's contentment and his security came from finding his identity firmly rooted yes. in who he is in relationship yes. to Jesus, mm-hmm. that that is the only firm foundation for our identity. So talk to us practically, how, how do we do that? How do we orient ourselves to be secure in Christ so that we don't have to be jealous of other people? Yeah, I think, I think it takes... We're not a very, I don't think, reflective culture Hmm. because of the the noise that's constantly going on, the speed of our lives. We don't give enough time in silence. And it takes reflection and quietness to discover how God made us. And we have to thank God for that. That becomes an issue of gratitude in our lives where we're thankful for what he sees in us, how he shaped us. And, and that we're satisfied with that because he's so good. Mm-hmm. And that is hard to get to, especially when you come out of families of dysfunction or, or patterns in life mm-hmm. where, you are, where we are naysayers toward ourselves or degrade ourselves, which is really an affront to God. So you, you can't have, as I said Sunday, you can't have a life full of gratitude and jealousy at the same time. Yeah. And so identifying your giftedness, the way God uses you, the way he the way he shaped you, respond to people, all the ways you can watch yourself growing, all that is gratitude to God. And John could be so satisfied because he knew exactly what he was called to, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And we're all called to something as well. And we have to name it, identify it, and do well. And when we do well in those areas we know what we're wired for, yeah. we gain confidence in the Lord and rest in him as well. And we're okay with us. Yeah, for sure. You know? and. I think you know this to be true, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. If you're seeking your contentment uh, in money, there's always going to be somebody who makes more than you do. If you're seeking your uh, satisfaction in beauty, there's always going to be somebody prettier than you, and time's going to win out on your body. If you're seeking your contentment in career success, there's always going to be somebody higher on the ladder. And so those things will never give you a firm, secure identity and allow you to be content and free from jealousy. And so I would just challenge you that if you are finding yourself unsettled, if you're finding yourself continuously greedy or bitter against people who appear to be doing better than you or rejoicing when people fail. Those are warning signs that you're yeah. finding your identity in, 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 a, in a very shaky foundation. Yeah. A, a great, there's so many good texts in Scripture you can meditate on for yeah. this, but one of my personal favorites is Psalm 23.1, which just says, The Lord is my shepherd. 
I have everything I need. I yes. lack nothing. Just right. say that over and over and over that because God is your shepherd, that he's the one taking care of you, you have everything you need. And as, as, you, as you sit deeply and tightly in that truth of who he is and who he says you are, then you'll be able to rejoice freely with other people. And so I just challenge you real practically, when there are people who have a nicer house than you do and their kids are better behaved than you do and all those things, the people who appear to be succeeding more than you are, rejoice with them, compliment them, tell them Mm -hmm. that you're happy for them. When there are people who are suffering, even people who might be your competitors or people who might not like you very much, Reach out to them, express genuine compassion, care for them, pray for them. And I bet that as you seek to do those things, your heart will follow and you will find yourself becoming more and more rooted in Christ. Yeah, and you know, John, he had his, he had his weaknesses, but he knew it. Remember when, right before he said, look, uh, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world, he said, you know, Jesus came, I didn't recognize him. Hmm. I mean, that must have, that, that's kind of a, a self-revealing moment, you yeah. know? Like, I almost read it, I don't know if he meant it, but I should have recognized him. I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. Later, when he's put in prison, you know, he, he says, you know, are you the one? Or is there somebody else? Hmm. I mean, for, the, for, for him to be in the role he is, and still recognize when he was saying, I'm not the Messiah, he was saying, I, there's no way that could be me. I, yeah. I, there's, I, there's no way I could fulfill that role. You know? And that's why he could, he could magnify the name of Jesus and not be jealous about those who were turning, that he knew, he knew his purpose and that's fulfilled rich. it, right? That's rich. So anyway, we love the Gospel of John. Yes, it's beautiful. John has so many great things, and we're going to continue this Sunday with uh, the one with the well. And my son Justin's going to be here to preach, and he'll have some fresh insights. We never get tired of that encounter mm-hmm. of, um, of Jesus meeting because he's so good at just meeting people where they are, regardless of their past, and loving them to himself. And so I hope that's your story in your life. If not, let him love you well, and uh, he'll, never, he'll never disappoint you. You won't be able to figure him out all the time. But he will love you to the nth degree. We hope you have a great week and uh, stay strong and focused and hope to uh, touch base with you on the Lord's Day this week. Thank you for listening today. It's our desire to help you grow as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church, would like to attend an online service, or plan an in-person visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you'd like to receive our podcast directly to your device, we encourage you to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.